Welcome to N20XX. This series takes the listener, year by year, into the future. From 2040 to 2195. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, permaculture, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. In the dark hours of the a.m., Mel's food truck hums along the highway toward an industrial district in Kansas City. He cooks at the stove, remembering what it feels like to stand in a van while it moves. How long has it been since he last took the truck out? More than a year. This old truck still has a lot of life. The auto drive updated when he turned it on and it does drive a little better. The stove smoked and smelled bad when he switched it on, but now all he smells is the food he places on the grill. With a gaunt face like a Civil War general's, he flips the Sam's beef slices and checks the time on his watch. In his 50s, his tall, sturdy build does show some relenting to gravity, and his arm muscles look sinewy. He pours Sam's egg from a carton onto smoking disc-shaped plates. The fluid turns white from bottom to top, and he flips them. The food still tastes different from what he's used to, but it certainly leaves him satisfied. The near bread is going to taste crappy for his customers, but it's the only thing like bread that can be gotten these days, so customers will understand. He can't tell the difference at all between real butter and this yeast Sam's butter. All the federally subsidized foods come in the same blue and white packaging. It's weird that it's all yeast. Using yeast to make bread and beer seems legit, but to grow a vat of yeast, and it looks like steak that makes him a little uneasy. There simply are no other options and we are at war, so let's put some Sam's bacon on the grill. That smells exactly like bacon. It warps exactly like bacon. Isn't that a good sign? Over the sound system, a feisty male voice says, and, why are the new Connect links free? Because Connect links make it easier for companies to sell you things. Getting the food truck business going again does cheer Mel up. But he still has that feeling like he wants to groan. The feeling sits on his chest and won't go away whether he groans or not. He's gotten used to it. It's there when he wakes up at night. And why have they outlawed the ad masking software that helps save America? Because new anti-media attack protocols and software are tested and running. You're safe without ad maskers now. And there's no way most services online can remain free if not for advertising. This is the capitalist capital of the world after all. Mel wraps the first batch of breakfast items and lines them up in heated trays. Through the front windows, he can see brick buildings old and new. No other cars on the road, that's surprising. He used to get caught in congestion in the mornings. And why are the Amish peeved at liberal urban dwellers? The Amish were raided by city folks in numerous locations. Imagine how scary that would be to look out your window and see urban dwellers crossing your field headed for your root cellar. No hard feelings though. The Amish plan on helping put bread and other weed and grain products back in people's kitchens. Amish are known for their hemp, but they're switching to wheat this season. The military used sky cranes to lift all the stalled cars out of the roads. That's when Mel knew it was time to start cooking again. What's missing? He walks to the front and looks out. The homeless. Where are all the homeless? Tents lined this road the last time he saw it. Withered tent remnants and debris cover areas here and there. Not one lone figure. They couldn't have all died. Were they chased off? Did they all move for food? He doesn't know a time without homeless everywhere. He's numb to it, knowing a large percentage of them die every year. In an area that was abandoned fields last year, his truck drives past new construction sites. Giant, long-reaching machines assemble multi-story buildings. What looks like a combination of tower cranes and giant printer parts moves rapidly along new walls. In the dark, it's hard to see what all the giant machines do. Have the machines been building all night? Where are the people? 
What does an average construction worker think when he sees these build sites and no hiring? What a relief that Mel never needs to worry about being replaced by R2-D2, he's his own business owner. He's not going to lay off himself. Almost all the blocks have been filled with new buildings. All the better. Once they open for business, more hungry workers who buy double portions on payday. These must be some of the indoor farming buildings, fighting water uncertainty. You'd think folk wouldn't like indoor farming, but anyone who's lived through the drought of 33 would be on board with the idea. Will he miss seeing fields of corn, wheat, and cotton? Not when he knows they're still here, just grown indoors. Everything shows the first shades of morning light. His van turns left and enters a parking lot surrounded by three companies. Mel's heart thumps. How many faces will he recognize? The van stops. Garage doors gape open on two of the three companies, but no one comes out. Before, macho workers sauntered out as soon as the van stopped. He pushes two buttons that cause the window shutters to roll up. There's movement inside one plant. Why aren't they coming outside? Honking may seem rude if all the old crews have been replaced and aren't familiar with him. He climbs out of the truck and heads to the boot factory first. Inside, machine sounds assault his ears. He looks into the cathedral-sized space where machines on dozens of long tables spin, punch, stitch, cut, and fold. But not one person, not one Kovrel's wearing worker anywhere. Can I help you? A man half shouts on his right. Mel turns, raising his arms. I didn't see you. The young guy with a clear complexion and an expensive haircut mildly grins at him. Mel says, I'm the food truck guy. Where's Jerry? Is he still the owner? The guy says, he is. He's at his home. The guy wears a silver blue jacket with a biotics patch on the front. Mel looks at all the productive commotion. Where are the workers? The guy gives a short laugh. We retrofitted Jerry's company. Everything is automated. Mel's jaw goes slack. He glances at the office's one floor up overlooking the main floor. Are the secretaries still here? The guy smiles quizzically. Secretaries. What are secretaries? Just kidding. Jerry could have automated the secretaries years ago. Biotics has solutions for every business. We have standard parts that can fit any situation. Those modular supports can have different components added. Welders, cutting lasers, printers, hands, you name it. I started in foods, but now I'm retrofitting apparel. I'll show you around if you like. Mel glances furtively and groans. No. No thank you. The guy offers his hand. America has a quarter the workforce it had before. Mel shakes the man's hand. Yes, to be sure. Mel drives from location to location. The car company, the car repair shop, the central post office, giantess distribution, sporting goods producer, furniture, and kitchen cabinets have all been retrofitted. Goods are filling delivery trucks on every street, but hardly any people anywhere. Where Meldos have a chance to look inside, all the robots resemble the ones he saw in the last place. Mel pulls into a beauty supply plant in time to see some of the robots in pieces moved off a flatbed by an auto lift. He draws a long face and moans. Tires humming over a road in the shadow of a four-story building, sitting in the driver's seat, Mel tells his van to pull over. The stirring wheel is folded against the dash, so he has plenty of room. The street is vacant. It used to have a steady stream of traffic, especially at this time, early afternoon. Mel leans heavily on the steering wheel, gripping his hands together and resting his forehead on them. His voice comes out heavy and haggard. God please God I know our kids are grown. I know you're taking care of Nate, Max, and Ruth. You know we love and miss them so. I know you're watching over Leanne and Sid. Please please tell me what to do. He sniffs noisily and draws his hairy arm over his eyes, making it wet. His shoulders shake, but he shakes it off and resumes his pose. God dear God you've blessed us in so many ways. You let us raise Nate and Max and Ruth. All those happy memories. 
All those funny funny memories. Please I want to feed my family. I'm ready to work right now. This very moment. Thank you God Lord Jesus. He stands, walks into the kitchen, grabs a towel, and wipes his face. Goggle, play some music. Goggle says, what would you like to hear? Mel pauses. Serving customers playlist. An upbeat 30s hit begins to play. The van drives through downtown. Mel sits up front. No, those are robots washing the skyscraper windows. Look at that. Where did all the robots come from? What jobs aren't being replaced? At least some cars drive down streets. He's headed to the square where food trucks duke it out for a space. Lunch is over and he probably won't even get a space, but he at least wants to get a look. No homeless down here either. That's truly weird. Raptured. He shakes that thought away. All the homeless raptured. Would never happen. But for a moment he isn't sure. I give my life to you Lord Jesus. Some food trucks are parked, not at all as many as before. He counts 10 around the square. Goggle, park next to the square. The van pulls to the curb. Some people take breaks or meet up in the square. May as well open. He rolls the shutters up and flips the menu lights on. Sitting on the stool next to the stove, he checks his favorite apps on his foldable. Forty minutes later, he climbs down, out of the van, stretching and grunting. Only a couple of people remain in the square. A man stands outside a food truck down the sidewalk. The middle-aged man wears a silver blue jacket. Mel strolls over to him, hands in pockets. The man fusses with a menu box on the side of his shiny new van, not acknowledging Mel. A man shouldn't wear pants that tight. His pointed shoes must be pricey, but they still look like a joke. Does he want to have a beer bottle thrown at him? His truck sells Mexican food. Wait, those aren't sweaty cooks through the window. Mel's heart sinks. He sways, off balance. Inside the van, two robot arms hang from the ceiling, two reach over the stove, and two smaller arms stand ready behind the ones over the stove. Mel says, excuse me, sir, are you the owner? The man turns his head around as far as it'll go. Me? No. I'm just a tech. This reader board sent an alert. It's my first time at this location. You can still order. Just step up and talk, like Goggle. Mel tries not to act miserable. Oh no, I'm not ordering. I'm the owner of that van down there. The man straightens up and looks Mel over. You cook too? Mel says, yeah. He's noticing the prices. Those can't be right. 10 cents for a taco. The most expensive item is soda, the brands of soda he's used to from before the attack. The man is saying something about getting hot dogs at Fenway Park. But then they needed people here so here I am. Mel looks across the square. Are the other food trucks run by robots? The man grins. All except yours. Mel says, do people work downtown anymore? The man scratches at his thinning hairline. Suppose so. Somewhere up there. He waves his finger at all the shiny skyscrapers. The restaurants are all retrofitted now, the ones that are open. Fast food. Lots of jobs are being automated. Lawn care. I heard window replacement is automated. House painting. House cleaning. Junk removal. Mel's head swims. Even with cheap overhead, he still can't sell sandwiches for 5 cents. That's crazy. The man continues. The more common the job, the sooner it'll be retrofitted. Self-driving cars paved away, pardon the pun, for world-aware robots. There are enough air traffic control jobs for it to make sense to invest in training the robots to fill that position. If there was only one airport in the world and only one air traffic control position needed, that job would never get retrofitted. It still costs a lot to train the robots. After that, the robots are cheap. Even if Mel cuts his prices in half, that's still a hundred times more expensive than five-cent tacos. The kids are raised, but there are still bills. Debbie needs dental care. The roof leaked over the winter. The man continues. 
Big money in retrofitting. We saved America. They say we could have retrofitted years earlier. We didn't have the need. Way back during COVID, we had the need, but the tech wasn't quite there yet. Materials cost more. Now we have robots building robots building robots. If Mel got robots installed in his van, he still wouldn't make enough. He'd need at least a few food trucks to make what he did before. The man continues. I know these are crazy times, but hey, at least we don't live in a time when everything depends on oil. Remember those times. Gas prices went up and down all the time and made prices of everything else bounce around like crazy. You're old enough to remember those days. I'm so glad we don't live in that time. People worry about water uncertainty by it's nothing compared to oil uncertainty. No wonder so many people became homeless in the 20s and 30s. Small waves in fossil fuel supply caused economic tsunamis. Red-faced, Mel says, do you take Pexin? The man's head jumps a little. Pexin? Well yes. Mel says, my wife won't take Pexin. He clears his throat. Bless her heart. She walks down to the church every day. To pray. She says it helps. She's a very anxious person now. She didn't used to be like that. Do you have a family? The man blinks his eyes. Well, no. Mel says, we raised five kids together. We homeschooled them just the way she and I were homeschooled. The man says, that's great. Mel says, our youngest is 25. The oldest Mel's eyes well up with tears. They sting and feel hot when they hit his face. He clears his throat. The oldest is 33, and we lost our three others to Helene's, rests his hands on his knees, and shakes his head hard. He straightens up. We lost them to the attack. The man averts his eyes. I'm sorry sir. I'm very sorry. Thank you for listening. My landing page is solomeshan.com. There you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes a timeline and illustrations.